What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Gup Shop with Gurpreet Serene. I gotta be honest with you, I feel like it's been way too long since I talked to you last. I'm sure you are tired of hearing my voice, but uh, it's only been a week. And what a glorious week it has been. Living in the East Coast, I am excited that things are starting to warm up around here. Uh, I'm talking like 65 and sunny. It's really, really exciting times because as much as I like the uh, wintertime and all the fun seasonal holiday activities, I am very, very, very excited about the spring and summertime. So yeah, cheers to warmer weather. Let's do this. For this week's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with clothing and fashion designer Harleen Gore Chabra, who founded the Harleen Gore clothing brand. The brand specializes in contemporary South Asian women's wear and men's wear. The brand is very dope. The clothing is super awesome. And, ooh, Harleen actually let me try on some of her clothing. So you got to check that out on IGTV. Anyway, um, Harleen Gore's new brand, uh, which is called Harleen Gore 2019, uh, is dropping today, and I believe by the time this podcast is released, the collection will already have dropped. So make sure you go to harleengore.us and check out her brand. Even go to her Instagram page. It'll be there as well. Um, but yeah, during this episode, I had an awesome time learning about Harleen's experience while launching her brand and then just hearing her story about how she got started in clothing design and fashion and uh, all that fun stuff. So uh, here is this awesome episode with Helene Gore. Make sure you check it out. I will see you on the other side. Gop Shop with Gurpreet Serene. What's going on, Helene? Hi. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. We're going to start off with a very important question, as I like to ask all of my guests. Um, uh, what do you like better, breakfast or dinner? God, that's so hard. I would say dinner because I have breakfast for dinner all the time. Oh, oh really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, so so what do you have planned for today's dinner? Today's dinner, I don't know yet, actually. Yeah. That's going to be on the fly. Nice, I like that. <laughs> uh, do you think that because of your schedule, you're on the fly a lot, uh, and you kind of just spontaneously figure out what to eat? Yeah, I mean, I definitely go food shopping nice. once in a while, yeah. and I plan meals, but I don't plan like, you know, Monday night's going to be like eggplant pasta Tuesday night's Very gonna be like doll. Like, yeah. like I don't Very plan different. it yeah, yeah. Nice. I don't plan it out so specifically but of course. yeah awesome so I'm excited to have Harleen on the show today because Harleen as many of you know is an awesome clothing and fashion designer. <laughs> and so I, I most of my questions are actually about your experience in that. But let's start get started from the very beginning. How did Harleen Cora get into clothing design? So when I was young, I was really fortunate because both of my parents were super supportive from the beginning. Sure. When I started to get into fashion when I was really young, they were like, or art even just first, they put me in art classes outside of regular school. So I was doing that and then slowly that progressed into fashion and clothing. Nice. Um, so they let me enroll in fashion, fashion classes wow. in high school. Um, and then I kind of... So senior year, I was really into science, and then I was also really into fashion. Wow, okay, yeah. So I had to make a decision at that point, like, what did I want to pursue? Of course. Um, 
I initially decided I wanted to go the science route, um, applied as a chem major, um, thought maybe I would go into medicine. Yeah. And then I went through the first year of college and I was like, something's really missing. Yeah. So I applied for an internship um, in the city as a design intern for fashion. And I completed the internship for the three month summer period. And I was like, I need to go into something that I can use my creativity in and at that point I was enrolled in UConn and they didn't have a fashion program and I loved the school and then I was like do I want to transfer to a fashion school do I want to transfer to Parsons FIT some other you know school that's really known for fashion then I had looked at what was offered at UConn and costume design was one of the majors so I went to talk to the person who was in charge of the costume design department. Um, her name is Laura Crow. She's like a really well-known fashion des- or costume designer. Nice. Um, and she was like, you know, a lot of fashion designers get the fashion design education. Okay. She was like, if you really like eccentric styles, and I did, right? Like, sure. you know, coming from the background I do, Thai, Punjabi. I liked these, you know, over-the-top type of outfits. Mm. So I essentially decided to go the costume design route. So um, I did two degrees from UConn, one costume design and art, and then another one in nutrition because I still wanted that science. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Nice, nice. So then after that, um, just, you know, getting a job in fashion. So I worked at Nine West. And then Jay Godfrey. Okay. Um, And then I started this. I have many questions based on what you just said. Uh, (laughs) I went like really fast. Yeah. And we were done with the interview. Thank you for your time. Uh, So let's go back. Uh, When we spoke on the phone, you mentioned that you are from Thailand. You have have a background in like a Punjabi Thai. That is very unique. It's very cool. Talk me through like how uh, that experience was and how that sort of influenced you in your fashion. Yeah. So my... But both of my parents and my grandparents, actually, on both sides, were both born and raised, or all born and raised yeah. in Thailand. Wow. Um, the story that I know from my parents, at least, is back in the day, um, one person had gone from our family or Bind or whatever, sure. um, had gone to Thailand and been like, there's a lot of opportunity. Just wow. similarly how you know people move to America for opportunity, of right? Course. So somebody went to Thailand for opportunity. Then he came back and was like, you know, there's a lot of jobs, everybody's nice there, let's start to like, you know, tell everybody in the bend and then more people started going. So when my grandparents were young, they had two homes. They had a Thailand home and then they also had a home in um, what's present day Pakistan now. Um, And then a lot of our family was basically in both areas going back and forth. Then during the partition, the like everybody was just forced out and it was like either you know move to India or yeah. everybody can just move to Thailand, it's Thailand yeah. so yeah wow. so then everybody was in Thailand my parents were born and raised there um and they moved to my dad moved to this country earlier when he was like in his late teens okay. um and then once he married my mom my mom came here too yeah so Every year, instead of, I know, like, I have so many friends who go back to India, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so every year they're going back home to India. Home for me is Thailand. That is such a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have, I have one great aunt in in India right now. Like, that's it. Like, no. That's your only family. The rest of your family is from Thailand. Yeah, every other other relative I have is either in Thailand or in um, 
somewhere else in the world, right? So my grandparents at the time, my mom's parents, both lived in Thailand. So it was super imperative that every single year we go back there to spend time with our grandparents. Absolutely. Spend times with my, you know, mama G's, my boy G's, everybody else. Of course, of course. So, yeah, I mean, you know, going back there every year, obviously, a part of it becomes you, who you are. And um, a lot of the, like, cultural aspects are very similar to... You know, I, I think a lot of the values that we share are very, or like that the culture share are very, you know, intrinsically the same. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's different too, right? Like yeah. the language is obviously very different. Language the food's different. different. Food is different. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And there's there's so many different things between both cultures, but there's a lot of similarities too. And when I was growing up, it, it's really funny actually. So my parents spoke a mix of English, Punjabi, and Thai. So, like, watching our home videos is really funny. Yeah. I don't even know what language is, like, being spoken at some points because it's, like, all mixed in. It's a mixture of all three. Yeah, yeah. And growing up, meeting more Punjabi people, I was speaking, like, words in Thai, and they were like, what the hell are you saying? Who are you? I thought you were one of us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I didn't even realize, like, half of this, not half of it, but, like, very small amounts of my Punjabi were, like, actually Thai words. Oh, my God. You're Um, not going up, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think, like, at a certain point, they were, like, noticing that, like, we didn't know what was what, so they were like, okay, let's just speak Punjabi to them. Sure, Uh, it confused a little bit. Uh, When's the last time you went to Thailand? Um, Last year. Nice. Yeah, last year in... Actually, like, just about a year ago. We went in March, yeah. Uh, For someone... I've never been to Thailand. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is something that I absolutely have to do when I go to Thailand? Um, Eat. (laughs) Uh, So we love Thai food at home. My brother is the biggest Thai food fan. Um, How does Thailand... Like, uh, how does Thai food in America compare to Thai food in Thailand? So it's so different nowadays. Like, especially in New York, you can find really good Thai food on every corner almost. Sure. But... Back in the day when I was growing up, it was so hard to find certain dishes in America. There are certain dishes that you need, you know, Thai basil for. And Thai basil doesn't grow as readily in America as it does in, you know, Thailand. Um, Lemongrass, like other certain, like, spices and uh, vegetables that are just, like, you know, more common over there. Absolutely. So there's certain dishes you couldn't find here. Now there's, like... Almost any dish you want is anywhere, right? Um, It's just about finding the right place. So there's a lot of Thai places. I think this is like with every type of cuisine too. There's a lot of Thai places that cater to the non-Thai people. Uh, And then there's some that cater to Thai people. It's like Chipotle for non-authentic. What's your favorite Thai dish? Ooh, that's so hard. But Chinese broccoli, I think. See, see, okay, here's mine. Um, Drunken noodles. Okay, which uh, I like. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Greetings. Um, pad thai, not a big fan of. It's, okay. it's too, I think it's too common. Um, yeah. Penang curry. Penang's good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And then sometimes we experiment out and we'll do like a red curry or like okay. a spicy eggplant. <laughs> but I've never heard of this Chinese. What okay, so in Thai it's called pet kana. And it oh, is um, stir fried like Chinese broccoli. So yeah. a lot of places will serve it with pork. I just like like straight up Chinese broccoli. Wow. Um, that's wild. It's really good. Yeah. The flavor to that vegetable is like, I don't know how to explain it, but it almost looks like, have you ever had broccoli rob? Uh, no. Okay. So it almost looks like a broccoli rob, but it's so hard to explain. Once yeah. you, once you try it, you'll know that the flavor is just a little different. Okay. I'm going to have to um, try that. Uh, so anyone who knows yeah. me knows that I'm not 
good at discerning flavors when it okay. comes to food. That's what like my fiance and my brother, <laughs> they're all really good at that stuff. But I'm going to make a, a note of Chinese uh, broccoli rob. Yeah. No, rob. well, so broccoli rob is like a completely different vegetable. Gotcha. But wow. you should try I'm, that too I'm, also. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Italian. Well, I think most Italians... We'll say it's Italian, but I don't know where else it is. I'm going to try Chinese broccoli. Um, Yeah. So, okay, you started off almost doing chemistry. Yeah. Starting off with that. Were you actually passionate about chemistry? I was, actually. And I still, to this day, I love, like, learning about science and, like, the reasoning behind certain things. Yeah. Like, as it relates in the medical field or in science, right? Is there any any mix uh, between chemistry as a science and what you do as a fashion designer like is there any way where those points cross in like a venn diagram i mean you could say like at one point i was considering doing um doing textile design uh, and textile okay. design involves a lot of chemistry yeah, learning of how like materials work and stuff like that um at the end of the day i didn't that wasn't like my passion my passion sure. was actually creating you know sketches and drawings and creating garments of course um but that's the only like intersect i could have seen at that time yeah. i mean maybe i just wasn't aware of some other intersect that exists yeah 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 but um i don't really see that it it crosses even yeah. now um i ended up majoring in nutrition cuz had i done the chemistry route which i really loved yeah um, my advisor told me that I would have had to stay an extra year at school. And oh. I was like, I want to get out of here. I want to yeah, start working. To start working, doing, making moves. Yeah. Um, that's, um, uh, but so nutrition, he was like, you should try and take a nutrition class. See sure. if you like it. Yeah. And what you can do with, with nutrition, you kind of was a little um, flexible with like whatever upper level uh, science classes you wanted to take. Okay. So you could do it within bio, within physics, within chemistry, yes. whatever type of, you know, upper level ones sure. you wanted to do. You could. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, you can still do a bunch of upper level chem classes like organic chem, inorganic chem, physical chem, yeah. all those stuff, all those things. You could still do it while pursuing a nutrition degree if you like nutrition. Okay. Okay. And yeah. I love nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it worked out so well. There was a good balance between the two, besides for the fact that I was taking like 22 credit semesters. This is insanity. <laughs> I don't know how. I just, just you saying organic chemistry has me sweating because yeah. I hated that class. So it's really weird. I really loved organic right, chemistry. You know what? I may have getting this interview right now. I'm just that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. But it's crazy to know that you at some point like introspectively made the decision that you don't want to pursue that. I think that's like there's a lot of um, like force or push uh, in our community or like that yeah. sort of like in the community in general that you have to sort of pursue something in a very like STEM or like technical major. Yeah. So for you to sort of like push beyond that and actually pursue something that you like and that you're really good at is very <laughs> inspiring to me and I'm sure everyone watching and listening. Uh, do you recall any one specific moment where you were like, this is what I want to do. I want to go into fashion. I want to be a designer. I don't really recall one specific moment. Um, I mean, I, again, like, I was so fortunate that my family was so supportive. Yeah. I think also being, like, the youngest child helped. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. my, like, the rest of my siblings are all in, you know, professions that I guess you would deem, like, more appropriate sure. for, for South for Asian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and And, you know, at one point, when I was debating after that first year at UConn, like whether to apply to another school, my dad was like pushing me actually to go to a Parsons or an FIT or like some type wow. of like fashion school. fashion school. He was like, if you want to do it, just do it. Like oh go God. there. Yeah. And I was like, no, I like don't know that I want to go to a completely like yeah. 
a school that's just completely dedicated to design. You sure, know, I wanted sure, that like sure. full experience. I still wanted some science in there. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't think that there was one moment where I was like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. But here you are, and you mentioned that you did two classes in fashion. What, yeah, wow, in high what, school. What sort of classes do you recall um, that you took in high school, and like, what were those experiences like studying fashion in high school? So um, I grew up in Fairfax County, okay. um, and they had a program where like, one of the high schools, or I think even two of them in the county offered fashion design classes. Wow, okay. There was fashion design one and two, and I took both of them. But you had to drive to another school in the oh morning for like the first class, and then you have to drive back, right? Exactly, yeah. So my mom, being the most <laughs> amazing Aww. woman in the world, yeah, 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 she would drive me. Aww, it's like so 25 minutes to that school. She would yeah. wait. She would do bot actually in oh the car God. while she waited for me. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. after my class was done, you know, and I don't know how long classes were back then, like maybe like an hour, hour 15, something it's like that. It's been so long. Yeah. Uh, too long. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, after that, she would drive me back to my regular high school. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the most important lesson you learned uh, when studying fashion classes in high school? I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I think a lot of, I think the fashion industry in general is like, it's very like mysticized in a way. Mm, I think okay. like people look at it and they're like, oh, you know, you're just making clothes. It's like easy, right? Yeah. When you go through the school, like through the class, yeah. it's like, there's a lot of steps along the way that you have to, you have to go through in order right. to have like a, you know cohesive collection to have a functioning garment you know course, like course, yeah. it's hard it's not just one two three and I think because a lot of people in our culture especially like being South Asian I think a lot of um, us don't really know that many South Asians in this industry right no, so you don't really have an idea of what goes into designing a collection what yeah. goes into sewing a garment even of course which is why i'm excited to have you on the show <laughs> here because i've never met anyone who does something like this and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening and watching also haven't met someone so this is like you're inspiring the future generation but also just talking about your story i think is is absolutely brilliant uh, let's talk a little bit about your your collection yes uh your south asian women's wear and men's wear yes how would you describe your brand um, the brand is definitely, it encompasses a more global aesthetic. So okay. I like to say that we're, um, inspired by Indian, by Thai, by, you know, this like, you know, global type of dress. Yeah. Obviously we have langas and gurtas, mm-hmm. but they, I think, transcend the traditional definition of those. Yeah. Um, and I think that. Besides for taking elements of those traditional pieces and from where I come from, Thailand, India, yeah. every even America, you know, besides for that, it's like a mix of everything. It's almost like, I don't really like the word fusion, but, you know, it's kind of like that, right? Sure. You're mixing all these different things. So, you know, there's definitely parts of the collection that are eccentric, a lot of bold colors, mm. um, but versatility is one of like the most important parts of the actual clothing. Of course. And uh, walk me through what goes on in Erlene Gore's mind when she starts uh, creating a collection. You mentioned it's a lot of work. How do you start? Where, like, where do you yeah. draw these things together and put it all together and then eventually package it into this 
dope concept. Um, I get asked, like, what's your inspiration behind this collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it doesn't come from one specific place. I think a lot of designers do work in a way where, you know, they have, like, like Indonesia inspired them this year, you know, like, or this artist inspired, this artwork of so-and-so inspired them this this year. For this collection. Yeah, and I think, like, for me, there's, between traveling, between, like, the people I know, the people I meet, um, just walking on the streets of New York, there's Mm. so many different things you can be inspired by, and it just kind of, it's a mix of all of that for me. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll have an idea when I'm like on an airplane, right? So I'm just getting out my phone, like trying to draw in some like weird way. Yeah, on, of course, absolutely. And yeah. editing my photos or something. Um sometimes it happens on the subway, right? Like I, I don't know when I'm gonna get good ideas sometimes. So of I write course. I try to write down all of the ones I have, try yeah. to like makeshift a little sketch on my phone sometimes if I have a piece of paper doing it that way if there's colors that I really like I'll try Mm. to make a note of like you know if there's like a really bright green that I love I'll try and you know incorporate that in there Um, prints I love prints so (laughs) I've seen some of your stuff online it's brilliant thank you of course um, so yeah, it, inspiration just kind of comes from anywhere. Good. Once I have those ideas, I am then sitting down and putting them kind of all together. Right. So like maybe these like five, six colors are like, what's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, so the five, six colors. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm not really in core, but I'm, I'm, so you put the five, six colors yeah. together. Yes. And then. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm putting like the colors together okay. and then maybe like some print inspiration right, right. and then I'm starting to sketch. Okay. So I sketch out, you know, the ideas that I maybe wrote down or maybe I have in my head at this moment in time. Sure. Um, I'm sketching out everything. So yeah. whether I feel like it's a good idea anymore or not, I'm just sketching it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Cause it's easy to discard it after. Of course. Uh, for your sketches. Okay. Uh, is it something you learned how to do? I, anyone who knows me knows many things about me, but uh, I am really bad at drawing okay. as well. Uh, but did you take like <laughs> sketching classes or you're like, all right, cool. So the, you know, so-and-so happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, so in school we like, I was a costume design major, like I right. said, so we had classes that mm. were based on like, you know, figure drawings. Okay. And actually this was more part of my art education oh, yeah. so okay. because I wanted to do costume design plus like I wanted some like you know fashion illustration background yes. and like art and just other types of art mixed in there of I did like a, a um, customized degree yeah in that so I kind of did like both things costume design and art, and the art. Okay. so we did like you know multiple classes with just nude figures yeah. drawing yeah. sketching okay. and then painting, sculpture, like everything that you do as like a general art major, I did those. And so with those, you learn about the figure, about the body, and then you stylize it, right? Like, I don't know if you've seen a lot of fashion illustrations, but a lot of them are like this long. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When like they should be this long in like correct proportions. Yeah, Yeah. of course. The person's torso is like seven feet. Yeah. What kind of Game of Thrones character am I drawing out here? (laughs) Um, uh, Now, are you inspired by shows like Project Runway or like the one costume design show. Do you watch those shows? When I was younger, I watched Project Runway all the time. I felt like at a certain point it got a little bit too repetitive for me Ah, to keep up with. Um, I do still think that some some of those shows are really cool and insightful, right? Like you get to see what really goes on behind the stress levels are real. Yeah, okay. Good to know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's like this with what you do also, but like you know, I don't think I am ever at a point where I'm like, 
I'm 100% confident that this is the best outfit I'm ever going to make, right? Yeah, sure, sure. I, it's always like, I'm pretty sure I like really love this. Yeah. I hope it resonates with people. Right. Um, sometimes I, I like make something and this is like a part of the process. You make samples, right? So right. we make initial samples. Well, I'm like jumping back, but after the sketching, you yes. go into um, making like technical drawings for right. a pattern maker. Right, right. Once a pattern maker has a technical drawings, they do a first sample. Sometimes when I see the first sample, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to go to a second sample. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, this is shitty. Oh I don't even want to consider it anymore. Right. And, you know, it's all part of the process. Because sometimes when you have something on paper, when you bring it to life, it doesn't look exactly the way you imagined it to of look. Of course, of course. Um, and sometimes I have a final sample. You know, I go through the entire process and I'm like, it doesn't look good anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it ever like those art shows or movies where people are just like, you mentioned the stressful hours of people like just drawing a sketch and then ripping it up and throwing it away. And it's like, oh my god, just pulling your hair. I feel like I'm not that aggressive. Sure, sure, sure. Just curious. I, I would love to know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so in the sketching process, obviously I'm going through and saying like, you know, maybe A and B are things that I want to proceed with. Maybe C and D are things I'm going to hold off on. Okay. Maybe um, towards the end of like the process, if yeah. I feel like I still want to add these in, I can. And then you okay. also have to look at a collection and say like. You know, these three tops look really similar. Do I really need all of them in the collection? Are all of them going to be sellable equally, right? Because at the end of the day, you need these garments to be worn by people, to be bought by people. Of course. Um, some of them obviously are like, you know, aspirational items too. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily somebody, you know, out of like the 100 customers you have, not maybe all not even 50 maybe will be wow. like I really want this yeah. but maybe 20 will be like this is cool this is new I yeah. want to try this out course, and then maybe the next season you have something similar to that and then maybe like 50 people are willing yeah, to try it that. right okay. wow um, how is your your knack for fashion uh, how does that inspire <laughs> what you wear and like the kind of clothes that you wear I was actually just so we had an appointment the other day yeah. and I was like talking to um, the customer about this and I love color so much. Okay. I when I'm like dressing up and like you know really like making an effort, I'll put on like the brightest thing in my closet. Nice. But um, day to day, I'm like I love living in sweatpants. Nice, that's a move. That's a move. Sweatpants, yeah. like comfy clothes, right. like and as I've gotten busier, it's so hard to like put an outfit together sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sweatshirt, jeans. Yeah, no one's going to see me. <laughs> why, why put in like... the energy? For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, it definitely influences my like evening wear um, mostly, I think. Sure. Day-to-day -day wear for sure. If I'm going out to like, you know, dinner with some friends or brunch on the weekends, like yeah. I'll throw on one of our like long skirts and okay. like maybe a casual top and oh, like nice. style it in a different way. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I'm just like hanging out at home. <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame you. I, 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 again, I mentioned to you earlier, I don't, like, half the clothes I own now are because of my fiance. Like, I don't know what to wear. Uh, you like colors. I do. I What's love your color. favorite color? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I love fuchsia. Fuchsia. Oh, good choice. Yeah, <laughs> fuchsia's a good choice. Um, I think I learned about fuchsia uh, during, it wasn't a crayon box. Uh, did you ever, it's like the old school paint app. Way back when... The one on, like, Microsoft? Uh, it was either... I, I Windows? Think was, I think so. It was, like, a video game on, on like, the computer. It's been, okay. it's been a while now. But, yeah, like, one of the colors, uh, it, they would say, like, cyan. And, like, you'd press it, and it would say cyan. <laughs> and one would say cerulean. Okay, say, I don't know about this app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> or this uh, software. Well, uh, budding, Gurpreet Serene, fashion designer, circa 1993. Um, there was, like, one that said magenta, and then there was one that said fuchsia. Okay. And I, I think I used to pronounce it, like, fuchsia or something. 
Yeah, I'm sure, like, Sufisha. I probably did that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Pokemon. Uh, yeah, so Sufisha, that's a bright and a vibrant color. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any, you mentioned that you're inspired by everyday things. Whenever yeah. the inspiration hits you, you start drawing it out or yeah. writing out things. Uh, what fashion brand uh, would, like, let's say you're obviously already successful, but, like, one day you get the opportunity to collaborate with this, like, super dope fashion brand. Ooh. Which one would you like to work with? So I think the couple brands that have like influenced my design and taste the most and have inspired me the most are um Ely Saab and Alice and Olivia okay. um so I think one of those brands would be so cool to do collabs with sure. um especially Ely Saab because they do a lot more hand embroidery and beading oh, wow. um as yeah. opposed to you know I try to keep stuff in like more wearable versatile garments there is yeah. definitely an element especially in like the custom bridal stuff we do sure. we do hand beaded like mm. custom garments all the time but being able to like collab with a designer like Ely Saab would be amazing. That is dope. Yeah. Um, let's move into. You mentioned you did uh, a. You also studied nutrition. Yes. And and I often ask questions about nutrition as well. Okay. <laughs> um, what is uh, what what is the most important thing about like nutrition? Because there's a lot of like fake news out there when it comes to like yeah. I don't know like intermittent fasting or X Y Z whatever. But like, what yeah. is something that you want people to know about nutrition from someone who's actually studied nutrition? Um, I think moderation and being able to execute something long-term are Mm. the most important things. Um, And obviously I'm guilty of not doing this sometimes too. You sit with like a bag of cookies and you're having like 10 of them instead of just one or two. Well, here's the thing. I don't think you're meant to just eat one cookie. (laughs) I don't know anyone in the world that just buys, all right, I'm going to go home and buy Chips Ahoy and just eat one and get, It's hard. It's impossible. It's really hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, the most important, I think a lot of these, like, fad diets, especially, you are forced into a diet that you can't sustain long term. Sure. You know, not having carbs at all is really difficult. You become a very mean person. (laughs) I I agree. I agree. Also, that's, like, unhealthy. Yeah, it's it's not healthy for you because you physically most likely cannot sustain it for your entire life. Of course. Um, and if you can't sustain something long term, then you're not making a lifestyle out of it, right? I, I think yeah. um, my like teacher actually in school used to always say that like they she didn't like the word diets, she liked yeah. the word word like lifestyle change. Oh, so yeah, yeah, if yeah. you want to become healthier, maybe you're eating one dessert per day versus a dessert at every meal, right? You know, right, and right, maybe yeah. your dessert mm-hmm. is smaller in portion, sure. um, than it would be, <laughs> you know, normally. Yeah. Right, right. Or like having seven desserts on a Saturday. Yeah, and crazy. like yeah. making sure you're mixing every type of food and vegetable and grain and all that stuff. Like the the better the variety, yeah. the better it is for your body. That's good to know. So Helene yeah. said here, uh, it's not a diet. So next time I go to the restaurant, I'm not going to say I'm on a diet. I'm on a lifestyle changer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a lifestyle changer. Yeah, that's, that's actually really dope. Um, have you ever tried uh, oat milk? I love oat milk. Oatly? Uh, so I've never had it before. So I like, I, I oh. there, was, like there was like, there was soy milk was and so almond excited. milk and then cashew milk. What, what is, tell me, tell me more. I, I don't even know when the first time I had it was was at a coffee shop and somebody had recommended oh you know what I think it was like have you had chacha matcha before uh uh, (laughs) no but I've heard I have I've had chacha matcha Uh, but for those of those who don't remember what it was okay uh, what is chacha matcha so it's like a matcha bar type of space oh this is the one where they have like the lava uh cakes with like matcha coming out of it yeah I don't like matcha but okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) well 
the, the like soft serve is supposed to be well it is really good yeah, um, yeah, I and that, I heard yeah. there was like a lot of hype on Instagram to be honest Super and hype. I am the type of person like as soon as I see some food related like hype I'm going to that, that place and trying it of um, so I tried to Adramacha really loved it I think this was probably like third or fourth time I'd been there and I would they have like a bunch of, I think it was Chacha Matcha. If I'm wrong, is this, this like is going to be a really the, bad like story. Like one of the Broadway theaters or yeah. something. Yeah. Somebody's going to yeah. go to Chacha Matcha and like ask like, for oh, only. Like, like, uh, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, so I was like choosing, trying to decide what milk I wanted because they had like macadamia milk, um, almond milk, soy milk, all okay, this milk. all those. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what do you suggest to the barista? He was like, I really love this Oatly oat milk. And yeah. I was like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of it. Oat milk, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he said Oatly at first. I'm like, what's Oatly? <laughs> Who's Oatly? I know Stanley, I know Bruce Lee was Oatly. Okay, yeah. I hadn't even heard of oat milk at this point. And right. he put it in the latte, and it was amazing. It, The way that it is, like, I guess, steamed, yeah. um, it, t- it tastes as rich as regular milk, but it has a distinct flavor, too. I don't know how to explain it, but it's... Really delicious. Yeah. So I, you know, being ignorant, I was like, oh, all oat milk is going to taste the same. And then I tried oat milk from, like, two other brands. And, like, I was like, this is not the same at all. Oh. And then I I went from store to store trying to find this brand, Oatly. <laughs> I, can, I can, like, see. I can see you walking around, like, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. And, and where I, did you find it? Where, uh... It was at a, it was actually my fiancé found it. He found it at a coffee shop in Fidei. And it was in their like refrigerator, so like they sold it too, wow. and it was like, it was like ten dollars per per gallon or per like carton, classic, which is not classic five dime move, <laughs> yeah. classic five which is right not there. not cheap at all. But we were like, we're gonna get this, so he get, he takes two to get take home. Yo, <laughs> I'm getting nice. another one for my apartment, and it's the best. Okay. So wait, why did you ask about oat milk? Uh, well, you mentioned nutrition, okay, and uh, so people in my office talk about like uh, like overnight oats and yeah. all these like new trends, um, like smoothies, all that kind of stuff. And I guess oat milk is the new like. Almond milk or cashew milk? It's basically the new milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would definitely uh, would say it's like the new trend, but it's yeah. also really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, is kale still a thing or is it like, have they replaced it with something else now? I don't know. I mean, I still really like kale. Yeah. But you know, this is a fun fact. I read or watched this somewhere. I don't know. Um, back in the day, nobody ate kale when we were growing up, right? Like, okay, yes, I mean, yeah. I don't even think I knew what kale was. Yeah. Apparently, the number one, like, consumer of kale in the country was McDonald's because they used it outside. This is really funny. Wait, get <laughs> They used it outside here. as decoration. So, like, if you walk the streets of a lot of places, you'll see kale and, like, you know, like, outside of restaurants and stuff, they have, like, those little planters. Oh, yeah. Kale okay. actually looks really pretty, like, a yeah. certain type of kale. Sure, when it's, sure. It looks like... Like a cabbage flower almost. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so McDonald's was So McDonald's was like the biggest consumer of, I guess, I don't even know if it's technically a consumer, but like they're buying the most kale in the country. And that wasn't even for their food. Leave it up to McDonald's to (laughs) to make it look good, but not even put it in the food that matters the most. Classic McDonald's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know where I heard that, but I was like, this is wild. Yeah. I I feel like I've already learned so much uh, about you. Not even really the fashion. There's this Oatly, there's McDonald's brand kale. I know. I I feel like I need to do something with food at some point because yeah. I love food so much. Uh, so, so here's a trend <laughs> that happened a while back. Uh, Lady Gaga was wearing food. Um, people put like avocados in their socks. Just like try, not, not actual avocado, like the print. Oh, okay, print. okay. I was like... But Lady Gaga <laughs> actually wore like real meat or something. I don't know. Uh, would you ever incorporate nutrition and 
like dress people up in kale? I don't know. Just just give me ideas here. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for like a crazy art exhibit, it'd be kind of cool, but yeah. I don't think that's very wearable. Yeah, uh, I, I clearly <laughs> am not in the right field. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a cool print that like incorporated some like cool-looking vegetables or something. Kung Pao chicken on like, <laughs> the sleeve of your blazer or something. Uh, where do you shop for clothes? Um, I love Reformation. I love Everlane. So one of like the reasons why like I started the brand was also because. I watched this documentary called True Cost. Have you seen it? Oh, oh yeah. This is where they talk about like the H&M and the Zara. It's so sad. This is crazy. It, Half the people I interview, by the way, we, we wear H&M and Zara. So and check, check it out because it is interesting. Yeah. And I am not saying I'm perfect either, right? Like I still over the years have shopped at Zara, at, you know, Macy's, at like sure. Bloomingdale, at like all these different places that, you know, I probably shouldn't have. Okay. Um, even now, like... I'm not saying I 100% don't buy anything from those stores, but um, I would say 95% of my purchases in the year are from places where I feel like I am not putting people's lives in danger. And after watching that documentary, it was really sad. Like They interviewed um, people in Bangladesh and overseas and... Just like seeing the working conditions, and then you hear about all of the stuff in the sure. news all the time, of right? Course, like yeah. factory fires, building. Well, they they covered a building collapse, which wow. like left over a thousand um, workers oh, dead yeah. in Bangladesh, and um, it was just really sad to yeah. know that like us wanting to spend five dollars on a t-shirt is yeah. putting these people's lives in danger. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and not to say that like you are a terrible person if you shop at one of these places sure. because yeah. everybody has their own values, their own beliefs yeah. and you know their own finances to handle. Right, right. Um but for me I would rather buy one piece of clothing at you know fifty dollars yeah. instead of buying five different pieces at ten dollars each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I really like like the ethical brands. Of course. So, like, so you were inspired because of this documentary. Yeah. Man, um, I will say so. I started watching a lot of documentaries recently myself. Um, and yeah, and there's one. Um, it wasn't forks over knives. There was one about like the vegan vegetarian movement. Oh. I'm forgetting which one. I've watched, oh, like, all of them. Yeah, I, I, so every six months, I, like, I switch back and forth from, like, vegetarian to non-vegetarian. Okay. Uh, and sometimes it's due to me watching a documentary about, like, nutrition or food. Okay. Uh, and it'll be like, yeah, like, what the health, or folks over knives, or earthlings, or one of these. And I'll keep switching back and forth because of that. But, yeah, documentaries are a great way to learn. I just have to start implementing what I'm learning. We're totally in the same boat because yeah. I've gone from, like, veganism to not. Like, oh, I don't wow. know how many times over the yeah. past, like, five, six years. Yeah, yeah. For, like, I came to the realization that I don't think, for me personally, I'm ever... Well, at this point in my life, I don't want to be completely vegan. Sure. But, like, for my apartment, I only buy non... I only buy vegan things. So, oh, no wow. dairy, no eggs, no meat in my apartment. Nice. Incredible. Um, yeah. But when I go out, I still, like, love trying new foods and stuff. So I try not to be as strict when I go out. If there's something I really want to try, a place that, you know, is serving pork or fish or something, like I'll still try it. Yeah. But it's not part of my diet consistently. I don't have to have one meat per day per meal. Of course. You're you're not like driven against veganism because you love 
bacon or like, ah, this is my kryptonite, I can't stop. For you, it's like you just like food, so you don't want to restrict yourself from yeah, trying. Yeah, exactly. But you keep that sort of like the vegan atmosphere at home. Yeah. Uh, we're on different boats because I, <laughs> um, I can eat a rock with hot sauce. Let's let that sink in for a little bit. Yeah, I, I can literally <laughs> eat anything. Uh, so I don't, I don't know too much about food or like tastes and stuff. So for a while, I thought it was very easy for okay. me to, to just like stick to eating. I think it was uh, just Chipotle for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And I, I thought I could, and then there was a lot of sodium, yeah. and the whole E. coli thing with the lettuce oh, happened. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought I could, there's some, like, from Costco, there were these, like, this rice bowl thing. Um, I don't think I've tried that. Yeah, it was not, it's not very good. Uh, <laughs> I had that with guacamole on the side, and then uh, I took it to work, and the first five days were great, then eventually it tasted like bang and parta, and it Ooh. got really mushy, and... <laughs> depressed about it for a little bit. Anyway, the point being, um, yeah, I guess we're on similar boats, but you're doing it for sustainable health reasons. Um, so speaking of documentaries, are you yes. also inspired by like fashion-related films or shows or other media that talks about fashion? Um, I don't know about inspiration coming from certain fashion-related TV shows or okay. movies. Um, you know, I think... There's a lot of shows I watch, Game of Thrones being one of them. Oh, yeah. And hey. the fashion in Game of Thrones hey. is. Uh, talk amazing. to me. Talk to me about the fashion of Game of Thrones because I've talked about other aspects of okay. Game of Thrones, but fashion, yeah. It's just really interesting. The whole idea of Game of Thrones, it doesn't fit into a certain time period in like our existence, right? Okay. It's yeah. not like this was medieval times or this is, you know, the turn of the 18th century or whatever. Sure. Um, it's kind of like a milieu of like all these different types of things. So the costumes reflect that too. Mm. And it's so cool to see that some of these things, like you can see that this is inspired by, you know, medieval dress. This is maybe inspired by Victorian dress or whatever it is. It's really cool to see this like huge mix of all of these different types of styles. And they created something that wasn't, I mean, in my mind, this is my understanding of it they created costumes that you couldn't look at it and place it within a certain period necessarily it was a very it was confusing to like you know look at and and know like this is exactly where this came from so I thought it was really cool and I wonder if that was intentional because they didn't want to be wrong about putting like the wrong like type of outfit with a certain like incorrect theme or era do you think that's it I don't know but I like watched I was obsessed. I still am obsessed with Game of Thrones. It's coming out soon. Coming out very soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I, like, watched something after the show or, like, some type of, like, special they had at one point. And they were talking about how they created the language and how they had to do a similar thing, right? So, like, they had to make sure that it didn't sound exactly... I think... What's the language called? Like, Valerian? Is it Valerian? Uh, High Valeri. Maybe something like Valerie. that. Valerie. Uh, some, something. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay. whatever the language's name was um, or is, they tried to mix like all these different types that of languages so that you couldn't really put it towards yeah. or like you couldn't say this came from, you know, yeah. this exact country or whatever. Um, on a plane ride once to California, I met the uh, the creator of Klingon, you know, the like the Star Trek language. I am not a Star Trek person. Honestly, neither was I. But for okay. six hours, I was very excited yeah. to talk to him. But same thing. He also made the, you know, the uh, Atlante- Atlantean, uh, something of the Atlantis Disney movie. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, same thing. He like created these languages. He's yeah. the father of Klingon. Uh, at one point, I might get him on the show. But yeah, same thing. He was talking about how it's like you couldn't make it like English or a different language. You kind of had to blend them all together. 
which is just a wild concept. Who's your favorite Game of Thrones character? Go. Oof. I don't know. I want to say Jon Snow just because I'm in love with him. <laughs> but I really do like Daenerys, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, like, so cliche, too. I feel like everybody's, like, Jon Snow and Daenerys. Daenerys, Tyrion, Arya's going to kill everyone <laughs> anyway. It doesn't matter. I think, Who's uh, yours? Uh, same. It's it's annoying because... It's I, between the two? Uh, so it's it's Tyrion. Oh, oh wow. Okay, um, I feel like that's a little bit out of the norm, right? But everyone no. I know that loves him. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, but okay, Tyrion, Daenerys, Jon Snow, Arya is cool. Oh, I like Arya too. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, okay, who do you think <laughs> you'd be friends with if you were like jumped into the show? If I jumped into the show. I mean, obviously, you'd want to be best friends with Jon Snow and Daenerys and the squad. Yes. Oh, you know who I loved? Was her name Egret? Um, Jon Snow's like lover. Oh my god, Ash, the wild she the was, wild. Yeah. She was wild. Yeah, she yeah. was like, she seemed like a cool person. I feel like I could like she hang was out like with a her. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she got <laughs> like an arrow like to the chest or something. Was, yeah. was that her? I, I forgot know. how she died. Here's my thing. Everyone dies, so there's no point trying to become friends with anyone. <laughs> uh, in the show. In life is a very different story. Um, oh, you know who I did really like too? Um Rob Stark. Oh my god. Yeah, he yeah. died so early, Rob but died like too early. he was I liked his like his ethics. He was, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. He was a very good guy. So was John, which is, I feel like that's why I like him. And Daenerys, like, more so now than in the beginning. Yeah. I think she was, like, a little more, like, ruthless in the beginning. I think so. And then she yeah. learned over time not to be, like, her brother. And then, yeah. Uh, and then I think that, like, the character development in that show is wild. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they make the show in a way where you can't like certain people. You like, can't like certain people? Like, like who? Like, okay, like, okay. Like Cersei? Like Cersei. Like, yeah. like the Lannisters, for the most part... You're not supposed to like them. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but like Slytherin, like you're not supposed to like that house or that sort of yeah. thing. Um, which is unfortunate because I don't, Cersei might be a cool person to be friends with. She's not killing you and your neighbors and everyone you know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you are the people you surround yourself with too. This is very philosophical. <laughs> yes. No, I really do believe this because I feel like the more negativity you surround yourself with, it just like unconsciously too, or subconsciously yeah. too, like it becomes a part of you and if you surround yourself with positive people yeah. or people that are you know really outgoing and stuff you start to like try and I don't know I don't know like the mental aspect of this <laughs> like sure. I don't know how to speak exactly to like how this works but yeah. I really do believe this. I, I believe it also I love how we're also able to just like analyze Game of Thrones and it applies to life yeah in so many ways this is like it's just very deep <laughs> it's just incredibly deep um so that show's coming back I think in April like 13th yeah something like that oh my god I am very excited about that show um Me what too. uh so, so it's cool to know that you're actually able to see a show and then look at their outfits and their wardrobes uh, with their background and like yeah. fashion and costume design. Uh, have you ever seen a movie or a show and just realized, yeah, these guys really effed up, like wrong, wrong era, wrong outfit that needs to go that like, just like, you know, talk me through that. Um, I don't think there's not one that's like very vivid in my memory. Okay. Um, but I do tend to really recognize the costume design, and I don't know if that's because I majored in costume design, so okay. I really like you know pay attention to that type of stuff. Because sure. we always learned that costumes can like make or break. Besides, for like if people aren't even speaking yet, and yeah. you see the costumes, a lot of people associate that with a certain type of mm. culture or a certain type of era, and True. you know the costumes can speak for themselves too. Yeah. Um, so. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything that I've been like, this is fucking horrible. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, yeah. But, um, also, like, a political correct response, where it's like, I, I understand where you're coming from, and you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to be good about it. That makes sense. Uh, and you mentioned that you get inspiration, your background in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, you're also Punjabi. You're, like, the melting pot of the melting pots within just one person. Um, do you travel to India now as well? I know you barely have anyone there now. No, yeah, we barely have anybody there. But um, a few years ago when my brother was getting married, his uh, now wife wanted to go for wedding shopping. Oh, yeah. Oh, wedding so, shopping in India. Yeah. Okay. So I was definitely reluctant to go. My brother was like, you have to come with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, why were you reluctant? Well, honestly, India doesn't excite me as much as Thailand does and maybe it's yeah, because yeah. I don't have as much family there maybe and like I don't feel yeah and yeah. like I don't know what year it was but you know you hear about like these girls like getting abducted on the street oh like raped and like yeah. really like brutal things and right. it just it makes me so unenthusiastic about the country in general when you hear about like how women are treated there sure. in general so yeah. and not to say that this stuff doesn't happen in Thailand because like there's human trafficking left and right in that country Definitely. but yeah um I just didn't know any other aspect of India, right? Because, yeah. like, all I hear is, like, on the news and then, like, what friends are telling me yeah. about how dirty it is. Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So yes. I just didn't really have, like, a huge desire to go. I'd been when I was younger with my parents as a family. Sure. We went to, like, you know, Golden Temple and Tamritsar. Course, we went to um, the Taj Mahal. Yes. We did, like, the touristy type stuff. Okay, okay. So didn't really want to go, but ended up going. Um, and that was the last time wow. I went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Do you also uh, travel often around the world, like big fashion capitals, different locations? Yeah, I mean, my travel isn't necessarily based on like, you know, I want to go to see the fashion or whatever, sure, yeah. um, but I love traveling. Yeah. So whenever I get a chance to go somewhere, I'm like booking a plane in like yeah, two seconds or a trip in two seconds. Okay. Um, one of... One of like the most difficult parts about starting this business is I don't have as much time to travel. Of I just course, yeah. it's really um, I, things aren't consistent enough yet that I can say like you know three months from now I can take this one or two weeks off. Right. It's like I'll get an order today and somebody's like you know the dress I got for my wedding is really messed up. Um, I need something Yikes. new by next month. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's hard for me to say, and I don't have like a, a huge team with me that I can like just pawn off this type of stuff to of when I'm away. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really plan things. I think, and also I just didn't even know the nature of, um, you know, the busy seasons yeah. that I would have. And I think now I've realized, you know, there's certain months or like times in the year that it's a little slower. Yeah. And maybe those are the best times to well, take a vacation. What are your busiest seasons? Um, last year, so, I mean, I've only been doing this for about two years now. Okay. So it's really hard to gauge it exactly. Because sure. some of the months are like really crazy one year and then they weren't as crazy last year and right. then vice versa. Okay, okay. But I think December consistently across both years weren't that busy okay good, um, good and I was like you know doing an analysis trying to like figure out exactly why I think people are really busy with like holidays traveling uh, yeah winter yeah <clears throat> I found that um January this year was really busy in terms of like people coming in for custom things for okay. their wedding so you know Trevani's for the guys True. Yeah. wedding langas for the girls yeah, or whatever yeah. it is um I think 
some of them like even like planned to go wedding shopping in December, whether it was like India or like wow. Vancouver or something. Yeah. They did that and then they came back and they were like, mm, I didn't find anything I liked for so and so event, so I want to like start the process of doing this. Yeah, up really gorgeous. So, yeah. yeah. That is so dope. <laughs> so I mean, wow. and and then some people are just like, I'm gonna wait till January to plan anyways, right? Yeah. So of course. January was pretty busy. Um, the last couple months have been just wild getting the new collection yeah. ready, um, but. I haven't seen like an exact drop in any certain month except for December. Sure. Uh, I know very little about uh, fashion, especially wedding related fashion, but any um, like women and sometimes guys my age will know uh, of like the top tier Indian like wedding designers. Okay, the, yeah. The Sabya Sachis, yeah, yeah. Anita Dongres. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? I truly admire a lot of these big Indian designers. Sure. Um, I think it's great, obviously, that they are taking traditional handcraft from India um, and, you know, making it... Like, Sabi Sachi does this a lot. He features a lot of traditional types of weaving and fabrics and stuff yeah. like that, um, which I think is really, really cool. Um, I do think that living in India, most of them, they're catering, catering towards a different crowd yeah um i just think like as americans having a heritage yeah that you know is pulled from for me for thai but like for most you know indian punjabi whatever it is um our style is just different and i think that a lot of those designers don't necessarily address that sure and you know rightfully so in some ways right like their main market is India India, and maybe like the surrounding countries (laughs) Um, but I feel like none of them have really like given the people outside of India like a true voice of like this is you know for you and I think I I really do think that like that can only come from within too right like we have experienced being in being Americans my whole life I have of course um so, you know, I feel like I understand what I want and what my friends want and yeah. what is needed yeah. in this country. And so, then you're able to express yourself according yeah. to who you think you are and who yeah. you are. Yeah. But, you know, for those brides who really want something super traditional, yeah. yeah, it's amazing to have those designers to pull from. They have really phenomenal garments and style. Like, yeah. I And there's so many people I know who are like, I want to get married in a Anita Donger dress or, yeah. you know, in a Sabiasachi Shervatni. Yeah, so um, I think, so we went to India for wedding shopping about six months ago. Okay. And uh, it was a pleasure, obviously, accompanying my fiancé to these places, (laughs) uh, like Sabia Sachi and Yedongre. And and a lot of women that are, like, on Instagram that, that, like, that they're getting married or are interested in bridal fashion, Sabia Sachi is, like, the main person. You go there, you check it out. Uh, And when when we got there, we immediately recognized, unfortunately, that if you're not Deepika Parakone or Priyanka Chopra, you can't really customize Oh. Those kind of outfits, uh, which is tough because that's then, interesting. Yeah, which is tough then because you're looking at this one bridal linga, which might be ten ish thousand dollars, fifteen something, and you can already see other people that have worn that outfit before in the past, and it doesn't become as intimate or unique. Yeah, so it's hard to like customize those kind of things. I didn't know that. So yeah. unless you are like a big name, they won't let you customize anything. I so that's what that's the uh, like the that's impression the I impression got. You guys got okay. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Um, uh, and and I wasn't trying to customize my outfit. I guess it was like the bridal linga. Yeah. Uh, and so that's something that my fiance told me, and I wasn't sure. Uh, but it makes sense. Uh, yeah. I guess that they cater to a very specific crowd. And then 
the big names, get the really cool, dope outfits. Yeah. So that was a little unfortunate. Uh, do you customize things depending on the client? Yeah. Chasing around. Yeah. This is why I like it better than Sunday Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's again like so important that like our aesthetic, just being Americans, is sure. just so different. Yeah. Um, and every girl and guy, not every, but a lot of girls and guys have the these ideas of what they want to wear, sure. right? They yeah. see like, you know, a hundred different Shivanis or a hundred different Langas and they're like, you know, I really liked this aspect of this one and this color and then this print I think is really cool. Yeah. Like they want something that's unique. Of course, and of course, yeah. I totally appreciate that because anything that I wear, I'm like, I want it to be unique too. Totally, um, yeah. And there's some outfits that like, you don't need to be completely unique with, but like on your wedding day, I feel like you should aspire to have something unique that's like, so. that is a, a really good representation of you and maybe you're the person you're marrying, sure, right? Of course. Um, so we initially, when I started the brand, I didn't think that there would be that many people who are interested in doing that. Yeah. Um, I definitely knew that I was interested in doing it. I know that like in order to do it, it costs a lot of money, like being sure. able to having like to sit down with the customer, getting to know them, getting to know their personality, of what course. they want, looking at their inspiration, their mood board of like what they want yeah. and then sitting down and designing things, finding fabrics, maybe doing like a custom embroidery on something. Totally. It, it all takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah. So I didn't think that that was going to be my main um gig yeah um but over time i had like a lot of people requesting it and i had always advertised like we can do this yes yes, yes. Uh, i just didn't think it was going to be like such a huge portion of the business and now it, it really is uh so when you get married yes are you going to design your like your own outfit or what are your thoughts yeah That's well so exciting. i'm getting married this year <laughs> congratulations okay and thank you and i haven't like planned any of my outfits. Wow, that's yeah. huge. Okay. My mother-in-law to be has been asking like every, I would say, couple weeks. Yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> like, so did you decide the colors yet? Because she wants to plan everything else. I know. And like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just haven't had time to. Yeah. And it, it's like, definitely um, stress levels are increasing. I can only imagine. But, uh, but again, like you being in that sort of like fashion design realm. Yeah. Would you... Have you thought about designing? I'm definitely your own? designing. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, so I like cool. didn't even answer the question. No, no, I, I didn't even. <laughs> My like yeah. stress was like. <laughs> I was like ah, but, yeah. but you're okay, no, so you're designing, designing your own outfit. Definitely so designing dope. mine. Definitely oh designing God. my fiance's. Definitely designing my family members. That is so exciting. Bridesmaids, oh groomsmen, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's gonna be an HK wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool wedding. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, who's like a celebrity or uh, an icon that uh, you would love? For them to like rock your outfit, just because I think you like their vibe would match what your brand is, or someone that you just like as an icon or celebrity. Um, Lily Singh. Oh yeah! Oh, there we go. That'd and be dope. Yeah. I am so freaking excited that she got a TV show. She got on a new talk show. Yeah, I'm yeah. So excited. That's what she just seems like such a down to earth, genuine person, of and course. I think the idea of her wanting to empower other women, like that's how she started. That's She's, how she started. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it. It's really inspiring, and I think that. The voice that she gives to South Asians, to Punjabis, Absolutely. is really like she's totally herself. I mean, I, I personally watching her can't think she's any other person. She does, she's herself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like course. that's like who she is, and she's. It seems like she's very true to who she is. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I love like the fact that you can find her in a gown looking amazing, and then you can find her in like the coolest like Adidas tracksuit or yeah, something. Like ur- urban outfit. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I think that that's like a really cool. Like, she has great style, and yeah. I think that that's like a really cool 
thing that can be done with of a lot course. of our garments too. You know, yeah. like you could take a crop top, wear it with like some cool like streetwear type sweats yeah. or something, and like yeah. sneakers and like rock it and look totally. You know, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I know that she um, she's rocking. Have you heard of the the company at Nor Black Nor White? I don't think so. Yeah, so I went to India and to Delhi, and uh, Manvir, one of my uh, cousins, my my fiance's cousin, um, he took me to their their store in Delhi. And they're like a design, clothing design and fashion company. Okay. And like we have to do a little cute photo shoot with oh, them. Nice. And we tried on their outfits. And yeah, like Lily Singh was wearing one of their outfits too, I think one like a basketball game recently. Oh, cool. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like a cool like checkered design. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a, some kind of cool. Was it to the All Star game? I think so. That, was it the one? Yeah, the All Star game. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I did do see that. I didn't it? know it was the it was the brand. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so know that it was that brand. They're yeah. like collaborating with I think uh, with like Fila, and there's some cool stuff. Oh, cool. Over there. But yeah, I could. And totally, they're an Indian based brand. They're, they're an Indian based brand. Oh wow. Yeah, nor black nor white. Definitely um, gonna have to. Look and that and up. you mentioned Lily Singh because she was like rocking their clothes. So it'd be dope if you got. Yeah. Yeah. It how, would be. how do you get Lily to to rock her clothes? Like, would it be something that? Um, when you get famous enough that she's like, oh my God, HK, I got to rock this. Or is it like you reach out to their manager? Do you show up to her house with an outfit? How does that work? I don't think I'd be aggressive enough to like the, the show three. that. 100%. Option yeah. Three. yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm capable of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, figuring out how to get in touch with her, with her manager, or whatever yeah. would be one avenue. Um, I met her a long time ago oh, nice. at Elite Eight. Um, oh, yeah. She was doing like a vlog, a vlog. I don't, is it vlog or vlog? Uh, <laughs> well, here's the question Is it vlog or blog? It's blog. So, I guess so it's is this vlog? Okay, I don't know. Vlog. I think, it, I think it's it vlog. It just sounds so weird to say. Hi, how, how can I vlog you? Yeah. yeah, it sounds really weird. Okay, uh, but okay. something. Yeah, the video log. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Video so log, yeah. It was for her YouTube channel. I remember this, and she was like talking to like the Pangada team. Yeah, like, yeah. so um, I was actually part of the staff that year. My brother was part of the entertainment company that like ran the Elite Eight. Yeah, oh, um, that's wild. Okay. So... Um, I got to like talk to her a little yeah. bit, and at that point, she wasn't as big as she is right now. And of course. she was so nice. Yeah. She was so sweet. Um, obviously, I don't know how to get in touch with her. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, build a time but, machine. Go yeah. back in time to that uh, yeah. vlog, and and like get her phone number or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, uh, you mentioned you were in Fairfax County. Yo, yeah, yeah. Is that in, like Virginia, Fairfax County? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are you? I'm from uh, Maryland. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I wanted to like ask you about this too. Yeah, of course. Um, most of like the DC, Maryland, Virginia, like Punjabi people know each other. They all, they're yeah. like one degree of separation. So I'm sure we have like one degree for sure. Yeah. There's yeah. probably somebody we even know that's like even more of an overlap. Out of the camera, yeah. I'll ask you for names because it'd be really awkward. <laughs> I'm like, do you know Popu? Yeah. And they're like, who? Uh, yeah. Cause I remember I, I, I played, uh, Tolki at Elite Eight for, oh. um, some kid that team. Okay. I think it was, I think it was the same year. I don't remember okay, now. that team. Well, so I was part of the staff that year. I don't know if this was like the first or second year. Um, I was like a liaison or something like that. And then the next year, I was actually on SMD. Oh. And then the, so I like danced. The, like yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so you do Bhangra so as well? I do, yeah, yeah, That yeah. is dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, did. They're a, great, they're a great team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you don't do Bhangra anymore? No, I was just getting... So I danced at school at UConn okay. for Husky Bhangra. Sure, and then sure. um, after I graduated, I moved to White Plains when I was working at Nine West. Yeah, okay. And then um, a friend of mine had like mentioned SMD was having like tryouts or something. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's like so cool because I still wanted to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I was I tried out for the team, made it, was on the team, and then you know that year we did a few competitions. It was so much fun. Yeah, and I loved hanging out with all girls. They're it was so cool. dope. Yeah, you don't see that a lot in the Bangla team. That's no, such a cool yeah, at that yeah. time, like there, I don't think I think they were the only all girls team, uh, or maybe SMB like was the only one. Yeah, yeah. And maybe DCBC came like later on or something. Yeah, and yeah. I actually at that time I think there was more than one, but I think like, they were one of the first, yeah. if not like yeah, one of the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was like amazing to be a part of the team. It was like amazing to learn. I I thought I was good until I joined. That dude, team. dude. Uh, so I, I hosted Bruin Bangla a few years back. Okay. And I think SMD was competing. Okay, and, so I actually danced at Bruin. Which year was it? Uh twenty. What years are right now? Twenty nineteen. Oh. Um, it is 2019 right now. It was okay, yeah. Wait, I was like, wait, Bruin hasn't even happened this year. Has I did 2019 yeah. Bruin. Uh, it was 2016. Oh, okay, that's like 15? way past me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I danced, and I think it was 2012. Okay, yeah, it was like yeah. 20. Okay, but yeah, but I like seeing them on videos is cool. But then when you're standing next to them on stage and watching them like doing background jumping and doing crazy stuff, you're like, wow, these these women can dance. Like, it was, yeah, it was so dope. Yeah. I definitely felt intimidated when I like I didn't even think I was gonna make the team and yeah. then I did and I was like this is amazing but I doubt I'll ever dance and then you know like they it taught me a lot like there was our coach Avi um, he was from Rutgers he definitely helped us like you know become better dancers and sure. then there was a lot of you know senior dancers on the team that would help critique and. Just, you know, it was fun, and I became a much better dancer after that team. That's awesome. But it was very time-consuming. It 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 takes a lot of time. Yeah. Have you you danced on a team before? I did. So I helped start, uh, do you know Terrapin, Terrapin Bhangra in uh, in University of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I helped start that team. (laughs) AKA, I'm like a a grandfather now, basically. Okay. Yeah, so so I I know totally. Yeah. Uh, And that was difficult because we're starting from scratch. So for us, we were basically... Stalking SMD YouTube videos and VCBC, like all these different videos. VCU Pangra was big by then. Oh yeah. To learn Pangra and then then eventually learn choreography and then teach people. Yeah. Yeah, like many many hours of the day, and I wasn't majoring in Pangra in college, so I couldn't justify spending that much time. I yeah, feel like... but you were also so like the weeknights were essentially like you're just either studying or probably practicing, Practice, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the weekends you kind of have to yourself. Of course. Okay, so yeah. that's how it was at our school yeah, too. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. And then with SMD, it was. Not that way. Because it's not a college bhangra team. No, yeah, and like a yeah. lot of the people are traveling and commuting into the oh city for practice. So we had practices on like Saturdays, Sundays. And my family lives in Virginia. A bunch of my friends lived in Connecticut. Like I didn't really have many people in New York, really. Yeah. So on the weekends, that was the time when I was like traveling, you know? Yeah. And it was really hard to manage. I felt like yeah. I didn't have enough time in the day to do everything. Sure. And so like after that first year... I was kind of reluctant to continue dancing, but I loved it so much. That's awesome. Um, and I think, like, the deciding factor was, like, I had problems with, like, my my toe. <laughs> okay, uh, well, what kind of problems did you have? So I, I, like, ended up going to the, I think it's podiatrist. Um, okay, yeah, the, the foot and, doctor. Yeah, the foot yes, doctor. The yes. And um, he diagnosed me with what was called Morton's neuroma. It's, like, one of the nerves in between two of my toes are, is, like, chronically inflamed because Yikes. you know how you're on your the balls of your feet yeah. the entire time correct, so correct. it puts a lot of pressure on so wow. a lot of people who either dance with you know that type of incline or um who wear heels a lot yeah. and as i had told you before the show started yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i like the way heels look but i don't necessarily <laughs> like the way they feel yeah um so i wasn't like a huge heel wearer to begin with sure 
So it was definitely it was because of the dancing. That. Yeah. yeah. And like over time it went away. And he was like, the only other thing you could do is like surgery. And I was like, I don't want to do surgery. I'm like 22, 23 years old. <laughs> like, I don't want to have foot surgery right That's now. That's dangerous. And what was it called? Martin's who? Morton's Neuroma. Mo- that, that, that sounds like a good name for like a coffee shop or like a bakery. Oh, Morton's Neuroma. That does actually. Yeah. I could see it being a coffee shop. Or like. Without shoes on. You have to walk in like, like without shoes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's related to... And everyone's really nervous because it's something related to your nerves. Uh, it's a work in progress. Um, uh, Helene, I know depending on when we release this episode, yes. your new collection will have dropped or it's going to drop. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your new collection. Um, so it's really exciting. I This is the first collection I have launched doing this full-time. Wow. So I was still working part-time consulting and stuff before um and I decided last year that like I wanted to do this full time it was at the point where I was like it's getting to you know a point where I can make a living off of this and um I focused 100% of my time on this so it's really exciting to see that everything that you know all the time and effort that I spent yeah. on it is like culminating into this large collection. Ah, so, yeah, this is so awesome. We're doing yeah. um, 2019 this year. Okay. So there's no spring, summer, fall, winter, summer, okay. pre-summer, pre-fall, whatever it is. Uh, it's just 2019. Wow. Okay. So it's a big collection, but it's meant to allow people to take from it what they want, right? Okay. So if you... It's very seasonless. Um, if you are comfortable with wearing black in July, there's something for you. If wow. you want to wear something bright and neon in July, there's something for you. Yeah. If you want prints, there's a plethora of prints in like muted tones and you know bright bold tones. Um, I tried to include a lot of the elements that I really love and that I felt like um, customers had told me they really loved about the collection. Sure. I think. What's really, really nice is that since I've had a few collections already, I get feedback from people. And oh, good. <clears throat> I love getting feedback from people, good or bad. Constructive criticism is always, like, really helpful. Absolutely, yeah. So when people are like, we really loved the florals that you did, like, you should do more. I'm, like, trying to, like, listen to people and trying to give them more within reason, obviously. Nice, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's a 2019 collection. So um, I truly believe in this idea of slow fashion, Okay. I don't believe in, you know, trying to convince people to buy something from me every single week or every single month of the year. Oh. I really, <clears throat> this idea of like consumerism is so rampant in the fashion industry yeah. and being like a clothing brand, you would think that <laughs> I would care more about that. But I really, I really dislike this idea of, we have a tendency as Americans, especially we like overconsume and we underuse. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah. I like the idea of getting, you know, like I said before, one or two pieces that might be a little more expensive because they're produced in the U.S. Yeah, they're ethically produced. Ethically produced. Yeah. Um, quality products that are going to have longevity in your closet. You know, they're going to be long-lasting for you. Um, and it's not going to go out of style either, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I think it's like, you know, having a black gurta is something really, it's going to, be with you forever as long as it's going to last. Yeah. Um, so giving people those types of pieces in your closet that will stay there, that can be your go-tos for events or for whatever. Um, I think is more important to me. So doing that for a lot of people versus selling a lot of my clothes to a small amount of people is more important. Of course. So, um, 
you know, having a seasonless collection is obviously ideal for that because if you, if I'm releasing it in the early parts of the year, people can get what they want from it whenever they want throughout the year. Throughout the year. And then I'll, yeah. I'll release new things once in a while throughout the course of the year. So maybe if there's a fabric I come across that I like absolutely love, yeah. maybe I'll do like one or two new pieces in that in like May or yeah. September or yeah. whatever. Okay. Um, it's just kind of like, I, I didn't really want to stick to the regimented, like this is our spring summer collection and <clears throat> this is our collection. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Okay. Um, this reminds me of an episode of Coffee with Garin. Have you okay. seen show before? I haven't. Uh, so the, it's, it's a talk show okay. uh, featuring Garin Johar. He's like an Indian okay. uh, director. He's an Indian director. I need that on my own. Um, uh, but one episode featured, um, I think it was Batsha and Diljit Assange. Okay. And he was pulling out clothes. They both are very big into fashion. Can I add that Like, I would love if Diljit Assange oh, 100%, wore 100%. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Yes. He would look so dope in a floral fun. I agree. I, he's never worn that yet, has he? And not that I've seen. Yeah. He probably has, and like I haven't seen it, but yeah, I, I feel like yeah, if you were to rock some of your collection, oh yeah, he be... like he, I don't know, his personality kind of reminds me of Lily Singh too, actually. Like just the, like extravagant, outgoing. Yeah, and he seems like really like genuine, true to he's himself, very right? Very humble and very genuine. So yeah. according in that interview, Diljit doesn't splurge on anything except oh. for clothes. Okay. So he's like a very simple guy, but when it comes to clothing, he gets like the next level like fancy shit. Yeah. Uh, so in this episode, Karan Johar is testing. Vatsha and Diljit's knowledge of fashion because they both okay. wear like high-end fashion. And uh, you mentioned these like collections. It's interesting because he'll pull out something and they have to guess uh, which collection it's from. Oh. And they'll be like, oh, this is from Gucci 2017 collection spring. Or this is from Balenciaga oh like fall 2019 <laughs> collection. Like they'll know all these kind of things. And I thought that was wild. If I, were ever, if I were ever in that show and, and it was your clothes, I would just be like, it's Hurley and Cora 2019. Like, I don't have to know where it's from. It's all from that one year. I'm allowing like your, your trivia to be more... Uh, the, like, easy. Yeah. easy. Thank, you for, thank you for making everyone's fashion trivia a lot easier, Helene. If you can describe your brand in a few words, how would you describe your brand? Ooh. Um, versatile, ethical, mm. bold... Um, I think, is that a few? Yeah, three. That's, yeah, that's a few. Versa- versatile, ethical, I like, haven't got this question ever, actually. It's like, well, I haven't thought about it. Yeah, but well, this is exciting but, because you're yeah. now, like, full-time starting with collections and, like, your brand's definitely going to grow. But it's really cool to see, like, from the starting, these are the kind of things that matter to you. So I'm yeah, excited to see how it grows. Definitely. I mean, yeah. we, like, there's so many different th- reasons why, like, I started this. And yeah. those, I think, three reasons are probably some of the... And I guess, like authentic okay. and transparent transparent's oh, another yeah. big one um like we are pretty consistent with our markups we take between like you know 50 70 percent profit because sure. i personally again would rather sell to more people make it more accessible to people yeah. versus taking 500 percent profit on something okay um yeah, and selling it to a smaller amount of people i think yeah. like within our country in general there's like something like four maybe five million south asian or People that identify as like Indian Americans. Yeah. So this doesn't even include the other South Asians. Not at all. Um, yeah. And I don't think that there's very many options out there for them. So of I think course. like being able to be accessible, at least in uh, up to a certain degree, to these yeah. people is like super important. And Absolutely. producing in the U.S. like ethical production is, I think, so important. And I think a lot of people in our generation, especially, yeah. appreciate that a lot more. Nice. Uh, any words of wisdom? Because I know you were very lucky and fortunate that your family was very supportive yeah. of your decision to pursue this. Any words of wisdom for anyone out there that wants to go into 
fashion, costume, design, yeah. all that kind of stuff, art, what would you recommend? Um, I would definitely recommend doing research. Um, I think, you know, even just talking to people, like I, I did, uh, this event the other day in New York city. It was run by AIF and Brown girl. Okay. It oh, was yeah. called like South Asians in, um, fashion. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, and I had like a few people come up to me and like ask me questions and it's like really, really nice to be able to even just provide like an ounce of sure. like guidance to some of these people because a lot of them were like, you know, I like kind of always wanted to do like fashion and stuff, but I kind of like got veer, I veered into like a different direction. And, um, I don't know if there's like one certain piece of advice that's super important, but I think talking to people yeah. now that there's more of us in this industry of is course. so important, whether yeah. it is, you know, a South Asian or a sick, like whether it's me or yeah. a different person, I think yeah. there's, we have like a great network being Punjabi and Sikh, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely, yeah, um, I have found this a lot that like if I meet a Punjabi Sikh person, they're so freaking helpful. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, if they, they don't know the to answer help. to my question, they'll direct me to, towards somebody that does. Definitely. And I think it's so nice that we have this sense of like community. I think so. I think and so. Yeah. we're all willing to go out of our way to help people, um, going out of our way to help each other achieve our dreams and, you know, achieve our goals. I think that... Um, just talking to people within yeah. the industry, I think is super important. Whatever questions you have, mm. you ask them and you'll get at least hopefully a, an honest answer that can help you decide whether or not this is worth it. If you have parents or family sure. members who are like, we don't want you to go into this yeah. field. Like you should yeah, be a yeah. doctor or something instead. Hopefully like that type of conversation with somebody who's in the field already will help you. Definitely. And so people that are inspired and want to do this, yeah. uh, where can they not your number to contact you, but like where can they reach out to you? What are some social media links? Uh, where can they find your yeah. collection? Give us all that good stuff. Okay, so the website is harleengore.us. Uh, US, um, yes. And any questions, I mean, I'm always happy within reason, obviously, to help people, to talk to people. Um, if you have questions about anything, like not even just about the collection, um, it's info at harleencore.us. Awesome. Um, we're on social media, uh, harleencore.us. Harleencore.us. Yeah. Dope. Instagram. We just got Twitter yesterday. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, is Twitter a big thing now like in your I industry? Mean, I actually didn't initially want to get Twitter, yeah. but a lot of people were like, you should just do it. Like, okay. it doesn't uh, hurt. It's free. And it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's free. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cool place to just kind of like, you know, write those like snippets of ideas that like you have or that like things to just help people like get more, more uh, relate more to the brand and to me. Sure. I think like up until now, I was a little afraid to put my face and my name, my name's already out there, but yeah. the name is like, it's not because I want people to know who I am. It's Harleen Gore for a reason. My last name is not Gore. Gore yeah. is my middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My last name's Chabra, but, okay. All right. <laughs> but like I wanted it to be core because I wanted it to be more relatable. Of I wanted course. like young sick girls. I wanted other Punjabi people, other Indians to like know, like you know, this is like it's an, more like in- unifying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's more unifying. Exactly. So, um, I was hesitant to put like my 
like face visually out sure, there and like yeah, talk okay. about stuff just because I wanted the clothing to kind of speak for itself okay. um, up until now. And I think a lot of people have given me feedback yeah. <laughs> and I was really reluctant to like do this, but I think that it's important. People are like, we want to have like a relationship with like who we're buying stuff from, which I think is so important too. I think because so. Because me yeah. as a consumer, yeah, like I want that relationship and I wasn't giving that to people. So I think that that's I'm, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so cool. So Twitter is like a good medium so for that. So congratulations. Welcome, yes. welcome to Twitter. Thank you. Uh, so we're, I'm very excited for this collection. For everyone Thank listening you. in and watching for the IGTV session, yes. uh, I think you're going to allow me to try on one of your outfits. So I'm very excited. So make sure you check that out. Harleen, it has been a pleasure getting to it's chat with you. It's been a pleasure chatting with Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> and that, my friends, concludes this week's episode of Gup Shop with Gurpreet Serene. Make sure to check out Harleen's brand, uh, it's called Herlene Core 2019. Many different places you can go to check it out, but primarily you should go to Herlene's website, which is www.herlenecore.us, and also Herlene's Instagram page, which is herlenecore.us. Make sure you check out her newest collection, which has probably just dropped by the time this episode is released. Um, very, very dope. And again, if you want to watch the in-person interview, go to my YouTube channel and search Gup Shop with Gurpreet Serene. Also Instagram at um, Gurpreet Serene. And again, don't forget to check out IGTV because Herlene uh, gives me the honor of trying out her really cool collection. And uh, you do not want to miss my mannequin-style body, but that was a lot of pleasure. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gup Shop with Gurpreet Serene. As always, I will see you again next Wednesday. Hope you have an awesome week ahead. This is Gurpreet Serene signing off.